Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Here's all I want to do today. I want to start with a question for you. The question is simply this. Do you know how to trap a monkey? That's a really weird question, isn't it? To start the year. Um, Maybe you don't know how to trap a monkey. You probably don't because that's not a problem for you, right? You've never had to figure out how to trap a monkey. But you guys pay me to research dumb stuff like this. So I did. And I'm going to tell you how to trap a monkey, okay? It's really simple in case you ever need to know. So what you do is you take a coconut, and we don't have a coconut here because you couldn't see inside. So imagine this is coconut. All you have to do to trap a monkey is you take a coconut and you cut a really small hole in the top. And then you take a banana. This banana's looking a little rough. If you wonder if we waste your money around here, nope, they wouldn't let me upgrade to a new banana. So anyway, we, you, take, you take a banana, you sit it inside of the coconut, you hang the coconut from a tree, and you wait. This is all you have to do to trap a monkey. Because there will be a series of monkeys come along, and they'll try to get the banana. But eventually there will be a monkey comes along, come along who reaches in, grabs a banana, and tries to get their hand out, and they can't. And that monkey will decide, I'm not letting go of this banana. And you have not trapped the monkey. The monkey is actually trapped itself. But this is no lie. In Africa and other parts of the world, this is how they trap a monkey. Now, why did I tell you that? I don't know. Some of you might be going to Africa this year. I don't know. No, we'll come back to that in just a minute. So today we're starting a brand new three-week series called Better Begins Here. Better Begins Here. And I'm really excited about this series. And this series feels personal to me, and I'll tell you why. Because I really do care about you. And one of the things I know about you is you have hopes and you have dreams and you have things that you really do want to see get better in 2024. You got things over the next 12 months you're going, I wish and I hope. For some of you, you've been carrying some hopes and dreams for a while, for a long time, and you haven't gotten where you wanted to get in life yet or in this certain area of life yet, but you're really hoping you're going to get there and you haven't let go, you haven't given up hope, which is a great thing. And I feel like part of my responsibility and part of our responsibility as a church in general is we're here to equip you We're here to encourage you and we're here to help you be who God created you to be, which is the very best version of yourself. Whatever better looks like for you, I guarantee you following Jesus and and pursuing God's plan for you, becoming more of who he created you to be, will help you get there. So I feel like, man, I've got a responsibility to do all I can to support you in that because I want to see that come true for you. So what I want to do today to start out is I want to ask two questions. The first one is an easy question for you to answer. The second one is going to be a little bit more difficult, okay? Here's the first question. Where do you hope life gets better for you in the next 12 months? Where do you hope life gets better for you? I bet something pops in your mind immediately. If not, it won't take long. I want you to take the next couple of minutes and I want you to actually identify. And you may be like, I have a list, okay? But let's just identify, think about one of them, okay? I want you to think about at least one area where you hope life gets better for you. Now, just to jog your memory or be a catalyst, a spark to get something going up there, it's early. I'll give you a a few broad categories, okay? For some of you, you might answer this relationally. You would say, I have a friendship that it's just uncomfortable right now or it's strained right now. There's a lot of tension. I hope it gets better. 
in the next year. Or for some of you, you might say, it's my marriage. And you may not be caring a lot of hope it's going to get better. But if you could hit an easy button and make something in your life better, that would be the thing. You're going, I don't know how we're going to get there, but I wish my marriage would be better. Or I wish my relationship with my kids would be better. I wish my relationship with my parents or my siblings would get better. Uh, For some of you, you're thinking about it going, hey, I'm just lonely. I just wish I had a network of people around me, some support around me. I wish there, were, there was a, a circle, a group of relationships that I had in my life. I don't know what this looks like, but I bet for a lot of us, the answer to this question falls into the relational category. Uh, some of you might answer it financially. Obviously, when um, the new year rolls around, people often set financial goals. And so for you, that might be it. It's like, I, I just wish I could be out of debt and not get back in debt, or I wish I could Uh, invest more money or save more money or figure out how to control my spending more. You know, I wish I could spend less, have less money stress. I don't know what that would look like for you, but for some of you, that would be your answer. You'd fall into this bucket. Uh, Others of you, it would be professionally. You you wish your work environment would improve. You know, the culture of your team would improve. Um, Maybe you wish you were in a different work environment. You're hoping in the next year you just find a different job because you're ready to get out of there. You're ready to do something different. It may be, and this kind of goes back relationally too, but it may just be, hey, I I wish my relationship or the way things work between me and my boss was better. I wish things between me and my coworkers were better. I mean, however that looks for you. Um, Obviously, you're here, so a lot of you would probably say something spiritually would at least be somewhere on the list. You Wish you had a closer relationship with God. You hope that gets better. You hope your confidence or your trust in God gets bigger and it gets stronger. You know, there's some things along those lines. And then here's a big general catch-all area. But for some of you, you might give an answer. It just falls into, hey, this is personal for me. Um, It's, I wish my health would get better. Or I wish I would change, could change the things that would help my health get better. Uh, For some of you, it might be an addiction that you wished you could break. uh, Wish you could break, it might be a bad habit that you wish you could stop. Uh, it might be your pace of life. I just wish I could change my pace of life. My entire life would get better if, if I could just control what's on my calendar a little more and not be running you know, so much. You're efficient. I mean, you get so much done, you're efficient, but you're exhausted at the same time. So you, your pace of life would be a thing you'd mention. I don't know what this looks like for you. Uh, a lot of stuff could fall into this category, but I think we all have something in mind. We go, yeah, in that area of life, I wish it would get a little bit better. Uh, The second question I want to ask you about that, though, this is a hard one. This is a hard one. Uh, This is a more personal one. Whenever you think about that area of life that you hope gets better, my question for you would be, what are you holding on to that's holding you back? What have you grabbed hold of, and now it's got a hold of you? What have you grabbed hold of, and it's weighing you down? What are you holding on to that has actually complicated your life? And when you grabbed hold of it, you thought it would make your life simpler, so you were really excited and, you know, all in on it. But you've realized it doesn't make life simpler, it makes it more complicated. And now I'm having to work around this thing all the time. But you're still holding on to it, even though you're working around it, even though you're making excuses for it. What are you holding on to that you hope stays hidden in the next year? Because you just want, don't want people to know this is still something going on with you. It would just be embarrassing. You just wish nobody would know. What is it you're holding on to that's holding you back? Now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. You probably know the answer to that question. Maybe a relationship. Maybe a friendship. Maybe some habits. You know the answer to the question of what you're holding on to that's holding you back. But 
even though you know this is making your life worse, not better, you have not let go of it. So the simple answer, and if you want a 12-minute version of the sermon, the 12-minute version of the sermon is simply this. Hey, let go of the banana. Just let go of it. And I could pray, and we could walk out. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you, maybe this is all you need, right? Everything from this point on is probably optional for you. Because there's the advice. You just let go of whatever's holding on to you, and you're good. But you know there's more to it than that, don't you? Which is why you get 30 minutes instead of 12. You, you know there's more to it than that. And the reason you know there's more to it is you are just like me. I know what is holding me back. And I know what I need to let go of. And yet somehow, in spite of all of that, I have not let go of it. That's just dumb, isn't it? But we've all been there. Why would we hold on to something that we know is hurting us? Why would we hold on to something that we know is trapping us? I'm going to suggest it's because it's mastered you. Now, you don't like that thought, and neither do I. But think about it. While you're arguing with me in your head, just consider this. If you know something has trapped you, it's hurting you, and you refuse to let go of it, what other explanation is there for it than you no longer control this? This thing in your hand, it now controls you. And you say, I'm the same way. I can quit that whenever I want to quit it. I'll change whenever I want to change. But you know the truth. That's not really true. If it was, you would have already done it because why would you make a choice that's hurting you when you want better and you know this is keeping you from it? So how do you let go of something that actually you may not have as much control of as you think? Something that has mastered you. How do you let go of that? Well, the Apostle Paul, 2,000 years ago, this is pretty fascinating. He was writing a letter. He'd never met these people. He's writing a letter to Christians in the city of Rome. Now, the reason I say it's fascinating is because it'd just been a couple decades since Jesus' death and resurrection. And now, right under the nose of the Roman emperor, all the way in Rome, Jerusalem to Rome, all the way in Rome now, there's so many Christians, they have formed a church there. It's pretty fascinating that this movement, in spite of the fact they killed its leader and so many of them have been persecuted, they're just worshiping right there under the emperor. So Paul's writing them a letter to encourage them, and he addresses this issue. And the reason I think he addresses this issue is this is not something that some of us are good at letting go of it and some of us aren't. No, this is just human experience. We all struggle with this, right? So Paul tries to explain to them, and he's explaining to us, hey, Here's why there's some things holding you back that you can't seem to shake. And here's the way, here's the solution to let go and shake it. So let me share with you Romans 6 a little bit of what he said. He said, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves to the one that you obey. Let me simplify this. You're not going to like what he said here any more than I do. But Paul is saying, don't you realize... That everyone, including all of us, don't you realize that everyone surrenders their freedom to someone or something? That's what he's saying. And you're going, no, 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 I haven't done that. I would never do that. 
Yes, you do. So do I. Because whatever you put at the center of your life, whatever is the foundation of your life, whatever you make as the primary value of your life, your number one priority, you surrender your freedom to that thing. Now, you have offered yourself to that thing, and that thing is influencing, or that person is influencing everything you do in life. So all of us do this. We can't help but do it. And we hate the word surrender, but the reality is we all surrender our freedom to someone or something. And the apostle Paul is saying, hey, don't you realize, don't you realize that whatever that thing is that you're holding on to, that's holding you back, don't you realize you have offered yourself to that thing? To which again, we would all go, I did not offer myself to the death that's holding me back. I didn't offer myself to this toxic relationship. I didn't offer myself to this strained, mar- strained marriage. I, I didn't offer myself to the pace of life I'm living. You know, I, I didn't offer myself to this, 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 to the anxiety, to the addiction, whatever your thing is. He would go, no, no, no. You did offer yourself to that because you invited this thing into your life. At the time, you thought it was a good thing. That's why you did it or thing you just wanted. But you opened the door and invited that in. So this is the Apostle Paul's way of saying, you can't play the victim card. All of us like to be false victims, don't we? It wasn't me. I didn't do it. You know, Paul's going, no, 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 you did it actually. You opened the door and invited that thing right on into your life and grabbed hold of it. You just didn't know that over time it was going to grab hold of you. And then Paul does something in, in general terms. He takes whatever it is that we're holding on to in life and he dumps it into one of two categories. He says, whatever you're holding on to, falls either into this category or this category, and they each have a predictable destination. He says, whether, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Now, let me explain this. He says, maybe the thing that you're holding on to is a sin. That's the first bucket. To which we all go, I don't like that. I definitely don't want to label it with that term. Paul says, no, 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 you don't understand. So let me, here's how the apostle Paul defines sin. Are you ready? Sin is anytime you do something, you hold on to something that hurts you or your relationship with the God who made you or your relationships with the people around you. So I want you to think of whatever that thing is that came to mind when I ask you, what are you holding on to is holding you back? And I want you to ask yourself the question, is that thing, Is it hurting you? Is it hurting your relationship with the God who made you? Is it hurting relationships with the people around you? If the answer to any of those questions is yes, well, guess what? You've got sin in your hand. You didn't even realize it, but it's a sin. And according to Paul, that sin is going to lead to death. Now, I don't have to explain this part of it very long because you get this. You know how certain choices, behaviors, and habits that we all embrace you know how they can kill things. They kill your confidence. In some cases, they kill your sense of meaning and purpose. They kill your sense of security. They kill relationships. They kill the ability to experience unconditional love in a relationship. They kill your peace, your peace with God, your peace with yourself, and your peace with others. Paul's going, okay, if the thing you're holding on to falls into the sin category, you just got to know. You just got to know. It is eventually going to kill something you care about. Or he says, here's the other bucket. You can choose to grab hold of something that he calls obedience. Now, what is obedience? Obedience is just doing the next right thing. That's all it is. And he says, if you will choose to grab on to doing the next right thing, 
It will lead to righteousness, which was a fancy way of saying, it will lead to a life where you make things right and keep things right. Now, you're smart people. If you have these two options, and you might debate whether these two options are the two options, but according to Apostle Paul, they are. If you have these two options, which one in the long run is going to make your life better? Well, obviously the option where you do the next right thing that helps you make things right and keep things right. It's not the option where you're eventually killing or hurting things and people that you value. So the Apostle Paul's like, this seems super obvious. Why would you not continue to hold on to something that's going to make and keep things right in your life instead of the other? But he knew we didn't because he struggled with doing it himself. And so remember, he's writing to followers of Jesus, okay? And he says, I want to remind you that even though at one point you chose to follow Jesus and grab hold of the right thing, now you have swung back over here and grabbed hold of some stuff that's hurting you, and you don't have to do that anymore. So he reminds them of their past a little bit. Here's what he writes next. He says, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you were mastered or controlled by that thing. You have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. If only he would write a little simpler, right? But then I'd be out of a job. So anyway, here's all he's saying. He's saying, remember you used to be controlled by whatever that thing was you were holding on to? And then you made a choice to follow Jesus. Not just believe in him. Believing in Jesus is really easy. It's important, but it's easy. He says, no, no. You actually adopted and embraced Jesus' way of life, his teachings and his values. You made that the rhythm of your life. And when you made that the rhythm of your life, guess what? He enabled you to let go of this stuff and move in a better direction in life. Matter of fact, he goes on to write, you, when you did that, you have been set free from sin and you have become slaves to righteousness. Again, we don't like this term slaves, but we're all controlled by something. We're all influenced by something. We all surrender our freedom to something. So he said, all right, when you let go of that and you embrace Jesus, guess what you found? You found freedom. You found freedom. You were now a slave, if you will. You now surrendered yourself and held on to something that delivered freedom for you, the freedom you'd always wanted. You've been set free from sin. You don't have to hold on to that anymore. You experience something brand new. This is why, if you've been around here a long time, you've heard me say this so many times. This is why I always say again and again that following Jesus, following Jesus makes your life better. It makes you better at life. Not believing in Jesus. Believing in Jesus is easy, but it actually doesn't change your life in day-to-day -day ways. You can say, oh, I believe in Jesus. I show up to church because I believe in Jesus. Well, that's great. That's a good first step. But following Jesus means I'm going to give my allegiance, to use Paul's terminology, I'm going to give my allegiance, or I'm, I'm going to choose to prioritize above everything else Jesus' way of life and his values. In other words, I'm going, to, I'm going to live as best I can like Jesus would live if he were here and he were me. When you do that, it makes your life better, makes you better at life. It does not make life easier. That's not the promise. But easy never leads to better. You know that. What leads to better? Hard leads to better. Effort leads to better. Paul's like, following Jesus makes your life better. Makes you better at life. But even though that's true, so many of these Christians in Rome and so many of us, that we're going backwards. We're going backwards. We keep walking back over here, grabbing hold of things that are hurting us. So Paul asks a question. He says this, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. 
I mean, you had a freedom. You had a freedom never to do the next right thing. <laughs> That's what your freedom was. You just ignored the next right thing. And then he asked, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? These things result in death. He's going, just think back. When you were holding on to something that held you back, you look back on that time now, you're not proud of that, are you? You're ashamed of the hurts you caused, of the people you hurt, some of the things you did. It didn't lead you to the place you wanted to be in life. But, he says, now that you have been set free from sin and you become slaves of God, the benefits you reap leads to holiness. The result is eternal life. For, he says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me tell you what eternal life is real quick. You think place in heaven one day. And I get that. That's what you've been taught. And here's the thing. All of us want a place in heaven one day. That sounds good. It's just not very practical right now, is it? So it's like, okay, yeah, check the box. I just want to know I got a place in heaven one day, but now uh, that has nothing to do with my life right now. But when Jesus showed up, and the Apostle Paul taught this too, when Jesus showed up, you know how Jesus defined eternal life? Not simply as you're going to have a place with me in heaven one day. Jesus actually defined eternal life as knowing him and knowing your heavenly father. In other words, Jesus said, eternal life is not something that happens out there, up there, way down the road. Eternal life is something you can begin to experience right now when you embrace my teachings and my values. When you follow me, make the rhythm of your life my way of life, you'll begin to experience the benefits of eternal life right now and right here. So let me just go back to this question one last time. What are you holding on to that's holding you back? What are you, what are you holding on to? It's holding you back from having the marriage that you wished you could have, the relationship with your kids you wish you could have, from being in a dating relationship and ultimately marrying the person that you want to marry. What are you holding on to? It's holding you back from being the person that you want to be. I don't know what the answer to that question is for you. Maybe anger, maybe anxiety, maybe selfishness, maybe pride, maybe a secret. It may be somebody that if you keep holding on to them, it's going to wreck what's most valuable in your life. I don't know what this looks like for you. But here's what I know. You and I have a choice. We can choose to hold on or we can choose to let go. We don't have a choice of the outcome. We only have a choice of what we hold on to. And so here's what I want to ask you to consider today whatever this thing is that you're carrying around that's weighing you down holding you back do you know what's hurting you are you willing to let go of it why wouldn't you let go of it when you can turn and grab hold of someone who loves you so much that he died for you why wouldn't you let go of it and grab hold of the values and the way of life of someone who was willing to give his life because that's how much he's for you. The outcome of whichever thing you grab hold of is predetermined. One leads to death. One leads to better. You don't get to control the outcome and neither do I. We only get to choose what we're going to grab hold of. And may I remind you, 
there is a king. You have a master, if you will, who loves you so much and is for you so much. He is inviting you to surrender to him because he wants you to experience the freedom you get in him. This never gives you freedom. Better begins here. When you choose not just to believe, you choose to follow Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, this is tough because all of us are aware of things we're holding on to. Some of us want to let go and we're so far into it we can't let go. It's controlling us. It's mastering us. Some of us, if we're honest, we, don't, we haven't wanted to let go because we just wanted what we wanted. We didn't care about the consequences. But my prayer is that today we will choose to let go. It's not the only step we have to take, but it's the first step. That we'll let go of whatever's holding us back and we will choose to grab hold of you. Your way of life for us. And we will surrender not just part of our lives where we're struggling. We will surrender all of our lives to your values and way of life. We'll just do things your way and trust you that's going to lead to freedom. That's going to lead to better. So whatever that looks like, give us the wisdom to know what to do and the courage and boldness to do it, even when it's hard. And Jesus, thank you for being for us. Even when we so often turn and grab hold of other things than you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.